Blog Talk Radio. afternoon and good evening my fellow liberty lovers wherever and whenever you're tuning in from i'm amber s bringing you a vision of what living a life of freedom can look like physically mentally emotionally spiritually and in every aspect of life this show is brought to you by living with freedom ministries an unincorporated private church and ministry where i help people discover and fulfill their god-given purpose specifically through the creation of their own private ministry. And the way I do that is I really like to start out by sharing a lot of information, um, which is why I put together like a PMA intro that's like a 10-minute video, and then my full PMA webinar is only 25 minutes. I've spent a lot of time over the last several years refining the information that I share about private membership associations and private ministries to make sure that I'm I'm really helping take you guys from point A to point B, where we are now to what to really where we should be. Because um, I'm sure a lot of us know that there's a lot of stuff we didn't know that we didn't know. And when you don't know what you don't know, how can you do better, right? So I put together this series, this PMA intro and webinar series to be able to help people. So if if you feel like your life's mission is helping serve people and using your God-given skills and abilities and experiences to help others, I think a PMA is definitely a solid, solid option to check out. Um, when we start to enter private domain and opt ourselves out of the public domain, it gets ourselves out of that jurisdiction of the public domain where they have so much say, so much regulation, and really so much control over our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness and property. And when you start to dig in as liberty lovers, when you start to dig into what truth with a capital T is, in terms of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, um, property, you realize that we were given for our God-given natural rights so much more power than we were taught that we have. So I, I do my little part each week on our radio show as well as through my PMA ministry to be able to help restore that knowledge so that we can then do something. When we know better, we do better, right? So if you're interested in learning more about that, checking out the intro and the webinar, please visit go.livingwithfreedom.org backslash PMA. Go.livingwithfreedom.org backslash PMA. Now, last weekend, or last week, I mentioned doing my best to get the workshop recorded. Um, if you guys remember from last week, I had talked about sharing my workshop 
that helps people get in alignment with their God-given purpose. I put together this this process. Um, some people don't like the word visualization. Some people don't like the word meditation. I like to incorporate a lot more God into the process so it's not tuning God out, but rather building the connection more with God. So whatever word you prefer, I'm cool with. <laughs> I'm down with. But anyways, I put together this whole workshop around this idea. It's sort of another way to introduce people to the idea of um, of private ministry, of private membership associations, because when you consider what you're doing in life, and when you compare it to what you believe your God-given purpose is, are they in alignment? Are the things that you're doing right now in life, your career, um, how you're spending time with your family, what you do for entertainment, for recreation, and the money that you spend, all of the things in your life, are they in alignment with your God-given purpose? Or are they not? And it's not a good, bad, or otherwise. It's just to raise awareness. Because when we're not acting in alignment with our God-given purpose, it's going to take a lot longer to get to where we're really going, where God wants us to go. And actually yesterday I was reminded of um, a Lauren Daigle song, Trust in You. And I'm not going to read all of the lyrics, but I wanted to just pull up a couple of them. Um, in a minute here because it's so much in alignment with my workshop and really everything that is, you know, in every fiber of my being to share and to teach and to guide about that it's a really good anthem kind of song um, to be able to, you know, to hang on to. All right, let's see if I can do this without playing the song. I'll just mute my phone (laughs) to pull the lyrics up. There we go. All right, so it starts out by, um, you know, saying that she's letting go of all of, uh, you know, every dream that she has, laying it down at God's feet, um, and everything, and I'm I'm not reading them verbatim because I don't want to get in trouble with, you know, copyright issues. So I'm going to summarize her lyrics. If you're not familiar with it, her her name is Lauren Daigle. Um, Lauren is L-A-U-R-E-N. Daigle is D-A-I-G-L-E. The, the name of the song is Trust in You. So she goes on to say, like, through all of my wandering in this life, not wondering, like, thinking, wandering, like, you know, wandering the desert. Through all my wandering, um, like, it never changes what God sees. And we've tried, you know, we're trying to do this war by ourselves and win this war by ourselves. And then she's acknowledging that we need, you know, God's rest and that he isn't the mighty warrior, the king of the fight. And that our hands are weary. We don't really have it in us to win this war without God. And the chorus goes into acknowledging when God doesn't move the way we expect him to move, whether it's moving the mountains we want him to move or parting the waters for the direction we want to go, um, when these things don't happen, when we don't get the answers we expect, that we're going to keep trusting in him. We're going to keep trusting in God. And that is absolutely part of my ministry, is helping people 
stay, like, first of all, discover and understand what their God-given purpose is. But the fulfill part, the fulfill part of their purpose is staying in alignment with that in every choice they make in everyday life. And, of course, we only do the best we can in every moment. And that best is going to, you know, it's going to be variable. It's going to change from moment to moment, from day to day, from year to year. Um, so that's why the more, uh, the, the more we know, the more we can do better. So anyways, I will let you guys know when I've gotten that workshop recorded and uploaded. Um, I'm sure most of you realize fall is back to school season, back to sports. It's also harvest season, and it just when things tend to ramp back up. So that's kind of what's been going on in my life and why I've not gotten that recorded. And even though I do not have to explain myself to anybody, I choose to you know, be as transparent um, and authentic as I can. All right, on to today's episode. Um, today we're going to restructure this a tiny bit because the word of the day and the national holiday I want to celebrate, um, they're kind of their own topics a little bit. So today I want to start out in segment one really quickly going through the First Continental Congress, and talking about what this last week's worth of First Continental Congress debates were and what they were focusing on. Um, Because I really want to save some time for sharing some things about how we've been duped. (laughs) Um, So, First Continental Congress. The week of September 26th through October 2nd, And actually, this is lining up perfectly with our radio shows because yesterday was October 2nd for those listening live. Um, And so today is the first day of the upcoming week, so we can do a beautiful recap of the last week. The week of September 26th through October 2nd for the First Continental Congress, it started out with seating um, John Herring. So John Herring was three weeks late to joining the Congress and these these debates. Um, but he was, you know, he was ready and raring to go. He got there as soon as he could. I mean, who knows? Maybe he had to deal with some harvest things too before he could come. I'm just projecting. Maybe somewhere else in history. Um, it talks about why he, he was late, but I, I did not find that information. But anyways, this week they really started or – started, but they really continued going over the infringement of their rights in the colonies by the British Parliament. And they were discussing what they were going to do to stop the infringements from happening. Now, we know from the Massachusetts Act and the Stamp Act and all the other things that we've talked about in previous weeks, all of these things like the colonies and the colonists continued to try to negotiate. They were doing their best to communicate with British Parliament and with the king to try to make something that was fair and equitable and that protected their liberties. So this whole First Continental Congress thing was not the beginning of their 
work to negotiate or try to work with Britain. By far, it was it was not the first thing. And no lie, the delegates were ticked as they continued these discussions and debates and really arguments at times about how to stop the infringements from happening. They would go back and forth for hours on several proposals. Just on September 26th, they went back and forth for several hours. And through my reading, I discovered that many of the delegates, including Richard Henry Lee, Thomas Mifflin, Richard Bland, Christopher Gadsden, Gadsden <laughs> uh, John Rutledge, John Adams, Thomas Lynch, Thomas Cushing, Patrick Henry, and John Jay. Um, I feel like I'm missing one. No, John Adams was there. Um, all of these men and more believed in various forms and various time frames of non-importation. So what non-importation was for them was the refusal to trade with England. And so they, many of them agreed on that. Many of them agreed that this refusal to trade with England was vital. It was important because that was the main thing that England was then using to manipulate them. Um, let's see, I just accidentally scrolled too far. Okay. So most of them agreed with that. What they did not agree on, though, and they had to keep going back and forth on, was when they were going to start this non-importation and what exactly was included in this non-importation. Was it going to be everything? Was it going to be just tobacco? Was it just going to be, um, you know, yada, yada, yada? What things were included in this non-importation and refusal? Something that I found really interesting um, a lot of this is interesting. I, I should stop saying that, otherwise it's going to get redundant, right, and lose its effect. But anyway, uh, John Jay, I admire him. He really refocused the group on getting things back to basics. So it kind of seemed, from my perspective, obviously an outsider from from the Congress, it seemed like John Jay was trying to get people back on track. And not, you know, he was trying to re-simplify it because it seemed like everyone started to make it so complex and and focusing on the nitty-gritties when we're still focusing on these big core things. So the point that he made was that the colonists' three main options at this point were really negotiations, suspension of commerce, or, or this non-importation stuff, or war. Those were the three options. And he also emphasized that the colonists had already tried, in my opinion, ad nauseum, to negotiate. I mean, they tried to work with it. They even, you know, even though they didn't agree with some of the taxes and regulations, a lot of them did it, you know, grudgingly. And they tried to go along to get along. They tried to negotiate and, and find something that was equitable. 
And for most of them, they realized that war was really not an option, at least not at that point in in the conversation. And then, <laughs> uh, um, John, I believe his first name is John. John Galloway. Honestly, he's kind of a jerk. I I was reading that a lot of the delegates were very concerned that Galloway was not only um, pro, you know, empire, British empire, but I do feel that a lot of the delegates also thought that he could be a spy. He could be a rat, um, you know, listening in on these conversations, trying to, you know, keep them from committing treason. And if they did commit treason, you know, who knows if he would go report them. So the, the other delegates did not really like him. But anyways, this jerk, <laughs> he was all for saying and complying with the um, English empire and he gave an entire freaking speech on it worst of all James Duane he even seconded Galloway's proposals if he hadn't Congress could have kind of just ignored it but because it was seconded they had to actually address it so that's something, if you're not familiar with Robert's Rules of Order, if a proposal or a motion gets seconded, it basically is, like, considered worthy enough to be discussed. <laughs> and so because James Duane seconded Galloway's proposal, they had to actually give it some discussion and attention. Now, Patrick Henry, God bless him. He was a true patriot. He reminded the delegates that England had not originally regulated anything except trade in the colonies. And he said that this regulating was, and I quote, compensation enough for all the protection we ever experienced from her, end quote. And when they say her, they mean England. Um, so what he was saying is, They've already been more than compensated for, you know, for what they've given us. You know, they're just being greedy and selfish and manipulative. I mean, he didn't say those words, but that's the point of what he was saying. I feel like Patrick Henry, was, he was really sharp with his words. And his words reminded the other delegates of what liberties were really at stake with Galloway's proposal. Henry also stated, quote, before we are obliged to pay taxes as they do, they and those over in England, let us be as free as they. Let us have our trade open with the entire world. We are not to consent by the representatives of representatives. End quote. So he's saying before we agree to their terms, let's make sure that they're also honoring our freedoms, just as they would honor their own people's freedoms there in, you know, there in the, their country rather than the colonies. So let's make sure things are equal and let's make sure that we're, you know, able to trade openly with the entire world, not just Britain. And 
he was reminding them, you know, that whole taxation without representation. He was reminding them that they don't really have proper representation in the British Parliament. So why would they continue to comply when they're not being properly represented? They need to redress. They need to take action to force Parliament to listen to them. And negotiations weren't working. So the next step before war was really refusing to trade. It was the best ammunition they had at the time. So previous to this, in in these um, congressional meetings that they were having, the Congress had agreed to only focus on the abuses that had happened after 1763 which would not have included the Post Office Act. And if you guys remember, um, you know, that was not something that they wanted to do, but some of the delegates were fearing that the Congress as a whole was um, they were trying to group so many things together and Instead of focusing on this limited and, and specific set of um, abuses that they had agreed to focus on. So, long story short, this whole week they continued to go back and forth on how they were going to handle, you know, addressing these abuses. There was a lot of contention, you guys. A lot of these delegates left hating each other, loathing each other. But at least they did their best to come together for a common purpose. And, you know, even though they were on varying levels of the spectrum, if maybe, you know, some of them were like Galloway who wanted to remain loyalists. And some of them were like Patrick Henry, um, you know, that whole give me liberty or give me death kind of thing. And then there were some who are just way in between, uh, you know, from both of the spectrums. So it was crazy. <laughs> and I don't envy them, especially the way we've been taught how to debate in the world today, or really how we have not been taught to debate. I don't know, you guys, if in the world today we could really have this level of intellectual debate that they had back then. At least not, you know, in a large-scale kind of sense. The sad part is we've become so accustomed to being divided that we divide amongst ourselves. Last week I had mentioned this um, Lair Leitner woman who lost her son. um, And... It's just, it blows my mind how the body of Christ is so divided. Everyone who believes in Jesus, everyone who believes in God, we're all part of the body. We're different parts, yes, because we all have a different purpose. But the body does not, by nature, attack itself and destroy itself. So why do we allow 
things to cause such division and hatred and really, really abusive acts toward each other. Even with the different denominations, which I know was part of why, you know, the colonists wanted to leave. They did want freedom of religion and to worship as they as they saw fit. They didn't want a national religion. And yet, every one of our founding fathers, even those that, you know, were the least religious, still recognized the significance and the importance of studying religion. And most of them agreed that as part of um, children's upbringing, and, and education, religion should be a main and important part of it because it teaches what liberty is. Liberty is not just freedom. Those two words are not interchangeable. Liberty is actually freedom plus morality. Don't don't um, give me credit for that either. I heard Chris Ann Hall say it, and I know she got it from somewhere else. So if you can find the original... <laughs> person who said liberty is freedom plus morality, I would love to give credit where credit is due. Regardless, that statement does stand true. Freedom is the ability to do whatever you want, however you want, whenever you want, with no repercussions, with no boundaries. Freedom is chaos. Liberty is where we use our morality to know right from wrong. What is right from wrong? Harming another person, stealing from another person. Where do we get those concepts from that it's bad to steal, that it's bad to, um, you know, hurt someone or kill someone? The Ten Commandments. That comes right from the Bible. I'm not sure you guys realize. Uh, actually, You guys probably know, but it's a good reminder to share with our loved ones that even in, you know, the Library of Congress, even in the Supreme Court building, or our federal one at least, there are statues, there are quotes from the Bible, straight from the Bible, in these buildings. How amazing is that, that even today these things are are still there? Now, I know that, especially in the States, they tried to go and remove, or maybe even from federal court buildings, they tried to remove the Ten Commandments. But if you really study our history, you cannot remove, you know, study from, from our government because it was part of the core foundations. Now, that's not to say we need to have a state religion or, you know, state church? Absolutely not. See, the separation of church and state thing was very much a, it it was, it was misspeak. (laughs) It was not their correct terms. And unfortunately, it has run amok. The separation of church and state is not our First Amendment. Nowhere in our First Amendment does it say separation of church and state. And in fact, let me pull up what the First Amendment actually says. Um, Amendment. 
I believe this one. All right. So it says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the exercise thereof. So what it's saying is the government cannot dictate anything for or against religion. It is not saying the opposite, though. Religion absolutely can have a say in government. Absolutely, because without religion, we don't have morality. And without morality, it's it's chaos. Morality is really the core component that we have been missing for so long, which is why so many conservatives have been so distraught about removing religion from schools. Somehow they saw the writing on the wall, whether it was to this extent or if they just realized that it was impeding on our rights. Maybe some conservatives saw the writing on the wall that without the knowledge of where our morality comes from, we then lose morality. But at a basic, we should not be banning things from our education. We should have full access to things like religion so we can understand our foundations and why these are our natural God-given rights. So we're going to pause for a commercial break, and when we come back, oh, there we go. When we come back, we are going to move on to segment two, and that's where we're going to hit into our words of the day. Yeah, there's more than one word of the day this time again. Um, I'm really going to focus on one in particular because it's that important, though. And then we will also touch on a few other things later on. So stay tuned. I'll see you guys in a few. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty Lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific Time, for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. Looking for something different? Looking for something fun? Join Dan every Monday on the Freedomizer Network, 9 to 10.30 Pacific, noon to 1.30 Eastern, for Common Sense with the educated redneck, Dan Ellison. The show about everything and nothing at all. We talk a lot about the kingdom here and we talk a lot about what most churches are afraid to talk about or don't even know to talk about, which is what the first century church was really doing. But just talking about it is not enough. We encourage everybody to join us 
uh, in their local neighborhoods, in their local communities, to find out more about what they can do to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, gather with others who are already starting this road or starting to turn around and do things differently. Join us on thelivingnetwork.org or at hisholychurch.org. Go to the network links or go to preparingyou.com. Join the network there. It's all the same. And we'll try to hook you up with people in your local area. They will not be perfect. They don't walk on water. They are not necessarily saints. But they are talking about seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And join us on Facebook. Facebook.com, His Holy Church, all one word. Join us there. We'll give you updates so you can start doing some studying and thinking about these things and start looking into these things for yourselves. But it's just not enough to sit and listen or to talk about or to say. You must become a doer of the word. Please check out the Barefoot is Legal radio show right here on Saturdays, 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that is 10.30 a.m. to noon Pacific Time, as we show you all about your barefoot rights and living a barefoot lifestyle. And for more information about the 501c3 nonprofit Barefoot is Legal, please check out barefootislegal.org. Hello, Freedomizers. I am Broccoli Man. When I am not fighting crime, I listen to the Proof Negative radio show. I am the Wire Ripper. Not only do I forbid you to listen to Freedomizer radio and the Proof Negative radio show, I am going to demand you wear a mask and get your naked body scan. We need to protect the One World Government. You getting the real information hurts a crime syndicate. Do not listen to Proof Negative. You must now disrobe this instant so I can check your person for a constitutional cash money. Anyway, listen to Proof Negative on Freedomizer Radio. Weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern. 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Freedomizerradio.com Alright, we are back. And I did want to share, actually, a new... Um, affiliate link that I have and I am pretty stinking excited about it I am uh, worse I am now an affiliate for Tuttle Twins and I am so incredibly honored about this affiliation because I have been a huge proponent I think really from the start I feel like I heard about them pretty early on them and it's just an honor to be able to connect with them and be a part of of their movement and what they're doing so here's what I have down about them watered down history the intentional omission of facts and principles to agenda driven opinions our kids public domain education is not giving our kids what they need to enter the real world and be a critically thinking problem-solving, non-history-repeating adults. And that's where Tuttle Twins comes in. They have an entire collection that is always growing for kids of all ages and, honestly, for us adults who want to go back and relearn what we should have learned from the start. 
if you have kids or if you want an easy-to-understand set of resources to go back and learn some of these concepts that we should have learned, especially in terms of economy, commerce, um, the law by um, Bastiat, I think is his name. Um, Tuttle Twins is an amazing resource. I believe they also now have a set of textbooks, like history textbooks. So solid resource. You can find them at TuttleTwins.com backslash ref, like refer, R-E-F, backslash living with freedom. I'm going to read that one more time. Tuttle, T-U-T-T-L-E, twins, T-W-I-N-S dot com backslash R-E-F backslash living with freedom. And please feel free to email me if you have any questions with any of the links or any of the resources I share and provide. Um, Because I realize just being able to listen and not being able to see sometimes makes it harder to, you know, catch all of of the spellings for things, etc. So if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at livingwithfreedom at protonmail.com. Proton is like protons and electrons, so P-R-O-T-O-N. And feel free to shoot me an email for any of the resources that I share. All right. So now on to the word of the day and the holiday of the day. We're going to start with the holiday and kind of scratch that one off pretty quick here. Um, There's two little things I wanted to share. And of course, when I clicked on the page, it decided to refresh and scroll. And now it's updated and I don't see it. So we're going to move on to this day in history. On this day in history, President Lincoln proclaimed the official Thanksgiving holiday. So in 1863, and just so you guys know, oh, there's an so of course, that's what I get for refreshing pages. <laughs> so the website I'm looking at right now is history.com, and it's all these words are hyphenated after that, um, you know, hyphen the minus sign. So it's this day in history backslash Lincoln proclaims official Thanksgiving holiday. So it says on October 3rd, 1863, expressing gratitude for a pivotal Union Army victory at Gettysburg, President Lincoln announces to the nation that we will celebrate an official Thanksgiving on November 26th, 1863. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, I know Thomas Jefferson, he was not a big fan of these public holidays. Um, It kind of felt that it was inappropriate for a nation that was based on, you know, respecting separation. I shouldn't even say separation. Respecting that each person gets to you know, to celebrate and honor whatever is according to their beliefs. So establishing national holidays was kind of, um, you know, kind of gray area for him. So I respect that. I respect that opinion. Um, I do feel like Thanksgiving is a neutral enough 
holiday. I mean, who, who, like, what religion prevents someone from being grateful, from having gratitude? I don't know of any, <laughs> but I guess that doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't exist. So I thought that was interesting, though, even though Thomas Jefferson and Lincoln didn't really overlap a lot. I think it's interesting that they do mention his opposition to public holidays um, out of respect for, you know, the First Amendment and not establishing a national religion. All right, I'm going to take one more peek through the national day today and see if I can find it. Um, Nope, it cleared. I don't know. So we're going to close those that we don't get more random um, commercials popping up. (laughs) And I want to move on now to the word of the day. Please don't be mad, you guys. I'm only sharing this because it is vital for us to understand our rights and our liberties. For those of you who are new and tuning in, (laughs) my word of the day comes from... Uh, Black's Law Dictionary, and I use the 1990 version. And yes, you can certainly go buy Black's Law Dictionary from Amazon or from any of these law um, law library websites. But honestly, don't go spend upwards of $200 on a paper book unless you really, really want to treat yourself. You can find free versions of Black's Law Dictionary online. All you have to do, I don't use Google anymore because of their their policies. So whether you use Brave or Ecosia or DuckDuckGo, uh, whatever browser you use, do a web search for Black's Law Dictionary PDF. And you should find free versions of multiple editions of Black's Law Dictionary. The reason I like to share Black's Law Dictionary definitions is to give us a perspective of what the law recognizes as a definition for a word, especially words that we might use if we ever face a challenge, like uh, a challenge in court. So today's word, the main word I want to focus on is person, like I'm a person, you're a person. And really share, and honestly, this this conversation I had earlier today is the entire reason I'm bringing this word up for the radio show. And I, I told the, the, the member I was talking with that I was going to be making this my word of the day. Because many words, like the word person, had innocent beginnings. Originally, the word person really did just mean a man or a woman, um, you know, a living being, a person or a, a, a human. Unfortunately, because of corruption and manipulation, the word person has many meanings now. And some of the synonyms that we use for person were not in Black's Law Dictionary, like natural person. Um, I think the word being, like a human being, being was not in there. Um, Woman was not in there. 
So some of the words that I'm going to share after person, and actually, no, I'm not going to share them after. I'm going to share them right now. Do your homework. I encourage you to download Black's Law Dictionary and look up these additional words so that you can see how these words may overlap, but they might not, and why you might want to use certain ones in certain situations. The words I want you to look up for homework are, one, natural-born citizen, two, natural-born subject, three, naturalized citizen, four, man, and five, living. Even though they didn't have living being, I thought it was interesting to to focus on the word living. All right. And let's see. We're going to get through the first part of the definition because, honestly, they've done so much baloney to the word person. It's going to take a hot minute. The base definition of the word person is person, though by statute term, and I think something got off, I'm going to go back to the dictionary itself. Yeah, something did get cut off. That's super weird. (laughs) See, this is where I feel like sometimes things get wonky on purpose, (laughs) like they're trying not to let us share truth. Anyways, the full definition of the word person The basic definition is, in general usage, a human being, i.e. natural person. Well, that's interesting because in later, earlier in the dictionary, natural person was not defined. So that's interesting. Anyways, in general usage, a human being, i.e. natural person, though by statute term may include labor organizations, partnerships, associations, corporations, legal representatives, trustees, trustees in bankruptcy, or receivers. How on earth, you guys, do any of those other things equate to the word person? A person is supposed to be just a human being. But now a person could mean labor organization, A person could mean a partnership. A person could mean an association. A person could be a corporation. A person could be a legal representative. A person could be trustees, not just singular trustees. It could be trustees in bankruptcy or receivers. What? So, yes, when they use the word person, They may be speaking to you as a corporation, as someone under their jurisdiction, basically, a government entity, a creation of the state. So when you are being spoken to, it's actually really important that you clarify that you are a natural person or that you are a man or a woman, you're a human being, any of these things. But don't just let someone define you as person because they may be viewing you as a corporate entity under their jurisdiction, for instance, for example. That's pretty 
I, I don't swear, so this is usually the closest I get to swearing, especially on the radio, but that's pretty crappy, you guys. And they really tried to pull a fast one. <clears throat> I'm going to go over a little bit more of the rest of the definitions before we move on to segment three. Person is also defined by scope and delineation of term is necessary for determining those to whom the 14th Amendment Constitution affords protection, since this amendment expressly applies to person. So, yeah, does the 14th Amendment protect corporations as they would a human being? So then, does a corporation have the same rights as a human being? How and why does that work? Mm-hmm. Food for thought. It also says... Um, it's like a subcategory, aliens, not like green aliens from the outer space, but aliens as a non, like non-resident kind of alien. So it says aliens. Aliens are, quote, persons within the meaning of 14th Amendment and are thus protected by equal protection clause against discriminatory state action. And you know what? I'm not mad about that because every person, whether they are, citizen or not, does have natural God-given rights. Yeah, that is true. That is a fact. We might, we might not like that fact, especially depending on where a person comes from. But that is based on our human weakness. Crazy, right? It's a jealousy factor to not want someone who's not part of us to not have the same rights as us. And it is a form of discrimination. It's kind of sad, to be honest, but our founding fathers were pretty smart about that kind of stuff. And then, of course, I scroll too far. All right. Under bankruptcy code, quote, person includes individual, partnership, and corporation, but not governmental units. So... When you're talking bankruptcy codes, if they t- refer to you as, uh, speak to you as a person, they could be speaking to you as an individual, as a partnership, or a corporation. Well, here's the thing. Why does a corporation have the same bankruptcy rights as a person and vice versa? It's not right. In commercial law, according to the UCC, Person means an individual or organization. How can an organization, you guys, I, I hope you get sick of me talking, you know, saying this by the time we finish. And there's a reason I'm trying to irritate you. Because <laughs> I want you guys to feel as passionate about the meanings we put to words and, and holding true to them. Because if we don't, they can run amok with words and then change the meanings of words and then hold accountable to meanings we didn't even know existed. So that's why studying this kind of stuff is just so vital. Under the definition for, um, no, under the subcategory corporation, a corporation is a, quote, person within meaning of 14th Amendment equal protection and due process provisions of the United States Constitution. Well, there you go, you guys. The 14th Amendment does, in fact, 
protect corporations now as a person under the Constitution. Would you look at that? That's just disgusting. Go on in the same definition to say the term persons, quote, um, in the statute relating to conspiracy to commit offense against the United States or to defraud the United States or any agency, including or includes corporations. In corporate law, quote, person includes individual and entity. Under foreign government, it says, foreign governments otherwise eligible to sue in U.S. courts are, quote, persons entitled to bring trouble damage, let's see, to bring trouble damage suit for alleged antitrust violations under the Clayton Act. I was a little confused by that because when I see the word treble, T-R-E-B-L-E, I think music. I was a musician in high school and college, um, actually since fifth grade. So when I think the word treble, I think music, not anything to do with law. Um, what's interesting is this Clayton Act um, lawsuit was Pfizer Inc. versus the government of India. That could be a really interesting case to research. Anyways, I will digress on that fact, though. <laughs> um, we're going to go through a couple. I, let's see, one more before we do another commercial, and then we will bad boy up in our third segment. The term persons for illegitimate child category means Illegitimate children are, quote, persons within meaning of the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. And scope of wrongful death statute in a different case. So, illegitimate children are still persons. It's a little scary that illegitimate children or children, um, you know, had out of one luck were at some point potentially not considered persons. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad to see that one there. I'm not sure I can understand an, an example of why that would be bad. All right, so we are almost at 5-2, so I hope you guys are starting to see how messed up it is that we have an entire column plus some on just one word. The word person, that should simply mean human being. Why on earth do we have to have all these different definitions for the same word? Corruption, manipulation, lies, and deceit. That is why. Because in no other circumstance does it make sense that we would define a person as anything other than a human being. But now that it is, we need to know so we can adjust accordingly to protect our full scope of human, you know, rights that we have, our natural God-given rights. All right, we will be right back. Please check out the Proof Negative radio show Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern, that is 6 to 9 p.m. on the Pacific Coast with excellent co-host, outstanding guests, and lots of great conversation. We can even take your calls 
The number is 319-527-6208, and just press lucky number one, and you will be on the Proof Negative radio show. Please check out the Barefoot is Legal radio show right here on Saturdays, 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that is 10.30 a.m. to noon Pacific Time, as we show you all about your barefoot rights and living a barefoot lifestyle. And for more information about the 501c3 nonprofit Barefoot is Legal, please check out barefootislegal.org. We talk a lot about the kingdom here, and we talk a lot about what most churches are afraid to talk about or don't even know to talk about, which is what the first century church was really doing. But just talking about it is not enough. We encourage everybody to join us uh, in their local neighborhoods, in their local communities, to find out more about what they can do to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness gather with others who are already starting this road or starting to turn around and do things differently. Join us on thelivingnetwork.org or at hisholychurch.org. Go to the network links or go to preparingyou.com. Join the network there. It's all the same. And we'll try to hook you up with people in your local area. They will not be perfect. They don't walk on water. They are not necessarily saints. But they are talking about seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And join us on Facebook. Facebook.com, His Holy Church, all one word. Join us there. We'll give you updates so you can start doing some studying and thinking about these things and start looking into these things for yourselves. But it's just not enough to sit and listen or to talk about or to say. You must become a doer of the word. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty Lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific Time, for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. And because in October I am focusing personally on removing sneaky toxins, particularly things like natural flavors and spices or artificial flavors even. These things can include artificial colors and flavors, MSGs. Um, One thing that I want to share with you is using things like Thrive Market to get healthier options. You still have to look at the ingredients, but I love that Thrive Market gives you healthier food options shipped and delivered right to your door. And I love that they have more than just food items too. So if you are interested in cleaning up your nutrition, which is another way of living a life of freedom, please visit, oh, it's going to be a lot of love. It's Thrive without the vowels. So T-H-R-V dot M-E, like me, backslash. Now here's the worst part. M-K-V-7-D-X 
So if you go to Thrive Market, they are an amazing resource. Whether or not you use the referral code, honestly, I don't even care. Just visit thrivemarket.com. <laughs> I mean, sure, I would love for you to use the link, but when it comes to taking care of our health, living a life of freedom, it really does have to include some of these sneaky things that we don't automatically think of as bad for us. So one helpful tip, um, natural flavors and spices can mean almost anything. So you're going to want to look for and then omit added colors and dyes. So any color name, red, blue, yellow, and then numbers behind it or the word lake behind it, it's not real coloring. It's not plant-based. You know, look for turmeric coloring or beets or there's a few other really common ones, but those are the two that I think of. And in terms of flavors, try finding copycat recipes of your favorite foods. The Internet is a beautiful thing. Um, one of my favorite dishes, I, will, I don't eat at that restaurant anymore because I got food poisoning one time, but it's still my favorite dish. So I looked up copycat, certain name of the dish. And I love it more now than I did at the restaurant. And something you can do for flavor is adding fresh herbs, especially this time of year with the harvest. It's so much fun to experiment with all the different herbs, especially as we start to make these heartier, cozier type foods. You know, we want the flavor as, as everything starts to change colors and moving into winter. Oh, soon. I hate that word right now. <laughs> adding these herbs and you know what there's an added benefit because most herbs happen to be superfoods with a ton of nutrition so experiment try something new this year I experimented growing sage and I happened to discover that fresh sage I kind of like dried sage I cannot stand um, sage oil I'm kind of impartial to like meh when it comes to like diffusing but Fresh sage I'm a fan of. So definitely try cooking your own food. Um, even if it's just one new dish a month, start small. All right. So that was a little bit longer of a detour, but I wanted to get that out because nutrition is one of my longtime favorite things about living a life of freedom and what we expose our t ourselves to, not just government, not just religion. It's what we put in and on our bodies. It's, you know, what we expose ourselves to. So back to the word of the day, person. I wanted to share the last few definitions here. Uh, so the term person under the category interested person includes heirs, devices, children, spouses, creditors, beneficiaries, and any others having a property right in or claim against a trust estate or the estate of a decedent reward or protected person which may be affected by the proceeding. It also includes persons having priority for appointment as personal representatives and other fiduciaries representing interested persons. The meaning as it relates to particular persons may vary from time to time 
and must be determined according to the particular purposes of and matter involved in any proceeding. Did anyone else just start to tune out and fall asleep, like listening to that one? I did, and I was the one reading it. <laughs> you guys, they overcomplicate it so much. We have to stop letting them get away with this. All right, the next one, labor unions. Labor unions are, quote, persons under the Sherman Act and the Clayton Act, and also under bankruptcy code, highway and city freight drivers, dock men, and helpers. According to case local union number 600 versus Gordon Transport. Oh, I'm not going to lie, you guys. I am, I'm not quite... No, you know what? I'm not going to pansy foot around it. I am pretty much anti-labor union, you guys. Yes, I have some personal experience with a couple different types of unions that have led me to this. But as a liberty lover, when you look at the full history of what unions started as compared to what they are now, anyone who is still for unions today I must question their knowledge on liberty and rights because unions today, at least, are some of the farthest away from understanding and protecting our individual rights. They are so much for the rights of the union itself which was originally established to protect the individuals, not themselves, not themselves as the organization. So it's, this one really frustrates me. If you do like unions, if you are part of a union, you know, I would really strongly start to question it. Start to learn what your natural God-given rights are and compare that to what the unions are doing, quote-unquote, for you. What are they really standing for? I really encourage you to question that. I will never tell you what to do, but I do invite you to research it a little bit more. Under the next category, persons, um, the category is minors. So minors are, quote, persons under the United States Constitution, possessed of rights that government must respect. So even minors have rights that the government has to respect. That one, I think, is especially as a parent, anyone who's divorced, dealing with family court, this definition and, and the subsequent court case, case law, might be a really important case for you to consider researching. The next category is is municipalities. Municipalities and other government units are, quote, persons within meaning of 42 U.S.C.A. 1983, or no, subsection 1983. Local government officials sued in their official capacities are, quote, persons for purposes of section 1983 in those cases in which a local... Oh, goodness. Excuse me. 
in those cases in which a local government would be suable in its own name. Well, that one could be interesting if you're dealing with, um, you know, a municipality or other government unit. It could be quite interesting that local government officials could be sued in their official capacity. And then I wonder if this is, if this has anything to do with, um, Oh, what are they called? Nope, I just had a brain fart moment. Uh, oh, a tort lawsuit or a tort case, T-O-R-T. Um, yeah, that one's going to be an interesting one. I will do my best to take a note here and get back to you guys a little bit on that. It does, after municipalities, also say, see color of law, which I did not do. Um we can do that some other time, or you can do that as homework. So if you do choose to do this as homework, look up the word person and municipalities under the color of law. Might be a good one to research. Whew, all right, we're coming. We're, we're starting to wrap it up, you guys, on this definition nonsense. The definition of person or persons. Covered by antitrust laws includes cities, whether as municipal utility operators suing as plaintiffs seeking damages for antitrust violations or as operators being sued as defendants. Under the category protected person, it is one for whom a conservator has been appointed or other protective order has been made. And that's under the uniform probate court or uh, code under resident alien. A resident alien is a quote person within the meaning of the due process and equal protection clause of the 14th amendment under unborn child. The word quote person is used in the 14th amendment does not include the unborn Roe v. Wade. Now this one may be changed because of the um, you know, reversing of Roe v. Wade. But it does go on to say unborn child is a, quote, person for purpose of remedies given for personal injuries, and child may sue after his birth. Well, that's kind of interesting. In some jurisdictions, a viable fetus is considered a person within the meaning of the state's wrongful death statute and within the meaning of the state's vehicular homicide statute. See also child, children, rights of the unborn child, and unborn child, viable child. Huh. Again, this is where we get so corrupt in our understanding because we are lacking morality, you guys. How can an unborn child be a person in matters of vehicular homicide, even if it was a freaking accident, but not if, if mom you know, made a mistake and got pregnant. I just, this one is really hard as as a, as a, ooh, whoa. I don't know if you guys heard that, but that show was really low. I live within about an hour of a base where they do a lot of flyovers, and that one, you could hear the engines. It was pretty cool. <laughs> America, right? <laughs> Man, that one would have been fun to see. 
Anyway, squirrel moment. <laughs> um, back to the unborn child definition. Without morality, you guys, this is what happens. And this is why it frustrates me. Even in 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 these extreme cases, as as a follower of Christ, like I recognize and believe that every life has importance. And I was just reading, I think it was in Luke, about turning or or like denying ourselves and following Jesus. How can we do that if also, you know, for women's rights and not for the rights of the baby, of the unborn child? How? And I do believe it has to do with human sin and human selfishness. Anyways, before I digress even further, we have just a tiny bit more under the category of university. A state university is a, quote, person within meaning of code or or of 42 U.S.C.A. Section 1963. Again, how is a university, how is any entity a person? So I hope from this long, 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 because it's one a section or a segment and a half, I hope you guys understand how important the words we use are. And I hope that every time we go over some of these important words, it it drives the point home a little bit more each time. <clears throat> I wanted to also share some of the verses that I've read over the last few days. I've just really been empowering. And this is kind of circling it back to understanding our purpose and being in alignment with our faith in a really, really intimate, really in-depth way. So today I was reading Luke 12. So the verses I wrote down are 2 through 3, 5, and 7. There's nothing covered that won't be uncovered, nothing hidden that won't be made known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in an ear in private rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. But I will show you the one to fear. Fear him who has authority to throw people into hell after death. Yes, I say to you, this is the one to fear. Indeed, the hairs of your head are all counted. And then it says, don't be afraid, and I... Go over to my app to get word for word what this part says. And of course, it's closed. Ooh, I love technology when it works for me. <laughs> Which it is not. While it loads, because my phone is being wackadoodle, I'm also going to share... Um, This one. Um, Luke 9, 49 through 50, John had responded, Master, we saw someone driving out demons. Holy moly. I don't know if you 
you guys can hear this, you guys, but it is insane. Like, these jets are just flying lower than I've heard them fly all summer, and it's so incredibly distracting. <laughs> it's almost like getting startled by a crack of lightning and thunder. <laughs> so... I, I do love it, and I really, really do hope that you guys can hear it, because I just, it amps me up, you guys. America is awesome. <laughs> so, all right. Anyways, back to the verse that I was reading originally. It says, indeed, the heads of your head are all counted. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So, I really liked this set of verses, because, yes. Be cautious of everything that you do in public and in private. You know, always act in integrity, even if you're off duty, because with God, none of us are ever off duty. We're always on duty. So always choose, you know, to act wisely. But also don't forget that you're important. You have value. And Jesus was saying, aren't five sparrows sold for pennies yet not one of them is forgotten in God's sight so that's that's the part that goes before it. and then he says indeed the hairs of your head are all counted and that you're worth more than sparrows so as many of us as there are in the earth and the animals and the plants God remembers all of us so don't forget that and don't don't let yourself fall into the trap of acting less um, how do I want to word it? Acting with less integrity than you know you're capable of just because you you might be struggling with feeling insignificant. Because none of us are insignificant. I also wanted to share something that I found on Facebook. And it... And this also has to do with how we both think about ourselves and think about others and how we communicate with ourselves and others. And I will hopefully be able to tie this, you know, circle this back around and, and tie it into my point. So the post, and I've, I've heard this story before. Someone had shared this story. It says, my old man once said to me, thoughts are so random and unconnected. We were just talking about the carnival. How did you get started on WASP? So I told him, they are not unconnected. We were talking about going to the carnival. And the carnival is on the same fairgrounds they used to use for the rodeo. And one time at the rodeo, my brother spilled Sprite on himself and a bee went up his shirt and stung him. And bees die when they sting, but wasps don't. And I was wondering why, so I asked you. And my dad said, that makes no sense. And for the life of me, I can't understand how anyone else thinks of anything, if not by that exact process. And when I was reading that, I started to understand why it's so very vital to be clear, um, to be clear communicators and really story narrators. We want to be able to take people on a mental journey from A to B. Because just like neurodivergency, we have learned enough to connect the dots from not only A to B, but also to C and D and E, especially as as liberty lovers. If you are a liberty lover, 
somehow you were exposed to something that helped you break through to not only know that A exists, but to take you from A to B and all the way to E and beyond. But those who are neurotypical are going to be struggling with that. And this whole thing goes back to when you don't know what you don't know. You don't even know what to look for or ask about. This concept also explains why I believe that so many literally struggle waking up to the realities that we're facing. I really have a feeling that many of us in the liberty movement are neurodivergent in some way. And that those who are struggling are neurotypical or at least have not understood their neurodivergence and their their ability to follow random thought patterns. So they've struggled waking up to this stuff. And the reason I think that is they're so focused on this linear thought pattern, this more simplistic thought process, <coughs> that I'm really starting to consider the fact that neurotypical might be more of a handicap, while neurodivergence if harnessed correctly, could be more like a superpower. And the reason is, this weekend I was learning about ADHD, and someone wants to change that verbiage. But anyways, as they were talking about ADHD, and a good explanation of how it works is, especially in kids, ADHD can be like a race car, and you're driving fast. And then all of a sudden you have a turn but you don't press the brakes or the brakes are weak and they're not strong enough to slow you down enough for the turn. ADHD is like that too. It's not that you didn't try. It's not that you're bad. It's just that maybe you have weak brakes. Maybe you needed to pump the brakes. So we need to like practice using the brakes better or, or maybe, you know, work on fixing the brakes a little bit and not just say, the whole car is bad. (laughs) And the same thing goes with people. People who are struggling to understand the way we think, the way we communicate, like what's going on for us. I think it's because, you know, the way their brain works might be a little bit different. Their brakes might work a little bit differently. Their shifter might be in a different place. (laughs) But it also means that those of us who are awake, I encourage us to do the little bit of extra effort it takes to go back and look at where we were when we were like them too. Them as in those who are not awake to these truths yet. And try to remember what was the catalyst moment for us. And then relay that to the people we talk to that are struggling to understand, that just don't get the stuff about our rights and our liberties. And then take them on the journey that you went on. For some of us, that is going to be our mission and our purpose in life, is helping people go from A to B. From some, For some other people, it's going to be going from C to D. And maybe it's not part of your purpose, but it's still going to give you a lot of resources and tools to understand how people think the way they think. If you can connect to a time where you thought the same way or 
in a similar way. Someone else that I really look up to and follow and recommend <clears throat> is Chris Ann Hall. Um, I want to say it's <coughs> the December episodes from 2021, I think. Maybe, no. I will go back and look right now, actually, <laughs> so I don't mess it up. Um, these December episodes, she had some guests on her show. And she's been talking about, I'm going back through these archives, and she's talking about how prior to 2010, she was just about as leftist as, as you could get. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm listening to December 2018 episodes. Um, so if you go onto Spotify, if if you're listening, to, if you listen to Spotify or whatever platform, uh, Chris Ann Hall show, and look at the December 2018 episode. She actually has one that's called um, "How to Convert a Liberal," <laughs> and it's so much not what you expect it to be, and yet. I am loving this episode so much. She has a guest on this episode that has some awesome resources. And that's exactly what Chris Ann Hall and her guests are doing throughout all of their work is they take people from where they are to what truth is and bridging that gap. Now, they do it in different ways and they have different like pieces of that puzzle. But if we all could harness that just a little bit, in our everyday lives, whether it's with our spouse, our children, our parents, an aunt or uncle, a coworker, a friend, or a, or a legislator. Like, the options are endless, but if we could harness that ability to bridge these gaps between where people are and where they should be in terms of truth with a capital T, we all will be better off. And I think it's going to take a lot less effort than we think if we all just make a little effort at a time. All right. And the other thing that I wanted to share with you guys is I have some events coming up. Um, right now I'm not going to tell when and where they are um, just because I, I like to maintain my privacy. <laughs> But I have some events coming up that I am thrilled about. I'm going to be seeing some people speak that are some of my heroes. I don't like to call people idols because I don't like idolatry. <laughs> but in this freedom movement, in this liberty movement, these two people are two people that I quote quite a bit. And by that, you can probably tell at least one of them that I'm going to see. And... <laughs> I'm going to be traveling a little bit coming up um, over a few weeks. So stay tuned to start hearing about my experiences meeting these people, what opportunities may or may not come from those. Um, and I'm also really just excited to meet with other Liberty lovers and network. That's something that I think we should be open to as well. Fun and, and vacation, they don't always just have to be Disney World. Or going to see the Black Hills or going to see Mount Rushmore. Fun and vacation can be going to see a speaker and then sitting poolside with our kids, um, you know, afterward. 
or or going to a friend's church where there's going to be a speaker and then having like a potluck afterward, you know. <laughs> These things are fun. So we can multitask in terms of splitting these things up. So I'm going to encourage you, find something that normally does not feel fun in terms of liberties and rights and freedoms. Figure out how can I make it fun? Maybe you've been called to speak to your representatives, but it sounds scary or boring. Take a friend. Call up someone else who's a liberty lover, whether you know them really, really well or just a tiny bit, but you want to get to know better. Take a friend or sit together with a friend and make those calls or go to those meetings. But find a way to make whatever step you take and make it fun. Because when we enjoy what we're doing, we're more likely to continue doing it. So today we covered... (laughs) The September 26th through the October 2nd week of the First Continental Congress, we went over a lot of definitions for the word person. And then we also, I have the wrong notes open, and then we also talked quite a bit about general things with our liberties, a few little things about the National Day of the Day, as well as some Bible verses. Next week, we're going to go over a bit more with the First Continental Congress. There's going to be some really fun day of, or a holiday of the day things, if I remember right. And we're also going to talk a little bit more about, you know, things that are coming up. Try to incorporate a little bit more with current events um, and stuff like that. So stay tuned and Bring a friend. Invite a friend. Feel free to share the link. Um, It's freedomizerradio.com, and you want to go to the Listen Live tab. You can also call in and listen. The guest call in is 319-527-6208. And I hope you guys have a beautiful week, and we will see you guys next time. Have a great day.